Well, good morning, Vineyard. Say good morning to your neighbor. Neighbors. They already screamed across the room. So. Now say good morning to your other neighbor. Other neighbor. Other neighbor. Yeah. Now say good morning to those you don't like. Oh. <laughs> oh boom goes the dynamite. There you go. That backfired. Well, we are so glad everybody's here. Uh, thank you to everybody who helped. Uh, yesterday we had an amazing uh, barbecue fundraiser. Uh, you wouldn't have recognized the front. The whole front was transformed into uh, just a picnic area. There were games and a jump house and all that stuff. And uh, We raised some money for the kids for CFK, so thank you. Uh, we are just so uh, amazed and we're blessed with the generosity and how people just are continue willing to serve. Everybody say good morning to our friends online. That's awesome. We are so welcome. You joined us too. Uh, we're going to start. We'll open in prayer and uh, we do different forms of worship. It's all worship, but we worship with music at the beginning. Uh, Pastor Scott's going to share the word today and we worship with the word. And then we have ministry time afterwards where if there's anything you need prayer for or if something within the message touches you or even the freedom, if you are uh, sitting there and all of a sudden God puts somebody on your heart, uh, go pray for them. You know, we want to be uh, just sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing. And uh, that's what the corporate body's for. You know, not only we can get together and, and see one another and talk to one another, but also uh, see what the Holy Spirit's doing in the kingdom. So, Father, we thank you for just your generosity. We thank you, Jesus, for your kindness and your love for each and every one of us. We thank you that when we're in the valley, that you're with us and you see us and you walk with us. We thank you that we're, we're on the mountaintop. You keep us level and you keep us grounded. And we just find ourselves in this place that we need you, whether everything's going well or whether there's challenges. But you're faithful to be there even when we're not. And that's amazing. You tell us to love others because you first loved us. So thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So if you feel like getting to your feet, you can stand or whatever posture you want to take during this time. There's freedom in worship for you. Um, and as we worship, as we, as we do the music, we're also going to be uh, praying and thinking about maybe what the Holy Spirit's doing and leading here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an awesome time to be together. Amen. Amen. Amen.
a bride waiting for his groom. We'll be a church ready for you. You are constant in your mercy. If I fail or I succeed 
In the sunlight or the shadow Lord, you're everything I need Hide me forever in your presence I will rejoice in you, Lord I will sing your praise when you send the
Amen. Amen. My weapon is my melody. Glory to God. Yes. He doesn't care how we come to him, even if we come with empty hands. Amen. He's a good, good God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, worship team. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Well, welcome to the Vineyard Community Church. We're so glad you could join us here at the Vineyard and all of you at home. Our service today is streaming live on Facebook, and you can also find us on YouTube. Pastor Scott Purdom is preaching from our exciting new study, Why Are We Here and What? And Where Are We Going? Today's message is called Human Flourishing and it's found in Luke 4, verses 14 through 19. Grab your Bible or cell to look up today's text. You will also find it written in your bulletin along with a section to take notes. The Vineyard Food Resource Center is closed tomorrow, July 10th, for food box assembly. However, get involved Tuesday, July 11th, with this month's produce Giveaway, yay! Volunteer for food setup, food distribution, and cleanup anytime between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and especially from 6 to 7.30 p.m. We need assistance with cleanup. Care team meeting on Wednesday, July 12th, from 7 to 9 p.m., I'm sorry, 7 to 8.30 p.m., this meeting is held right here in the sanctuary and is for all those who lead ministries here at VCC. Come share your goals for your ministry. Our next women's workshop and brunch is when, ladies? Oh, y'all sound so excited. Yes, yes. Okay, let's try this again. Our next women's workshop and brunch is when? All right, that's what I'm talking about. This Saturday, July 15th from 12 noon to 2.30 p.m. The title of this month's event is Jesus Sees the Marginalized. And I can't wait to attend. Who's coming? Who's coming? Let's see hands. All right. Um, you can sign up in the lobby and consider signing up to bring an ingredient for our taco bar. Woohoo! I love tacos. Anyway, we have exciting news, an exciting new way. I'm so excited to be up here. Can y'all tell? I'm so excited. We have an exciting new way to contribute your tithes and offerings to the church. Here is our treasurer, Connie Fleming, to tell you, to tell you more. Yay, Connie. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, I don't know how to move this. Um, I'm going to be in classroom three afterwards for anybody who wants to um, see how this is done. Most of you, if not all of you, have Zelle available on your bank app if you're already banking on an app. If you don't already do that, I'm going to tell you it's scary easy, and I can show you in a matter of minutes. Um, so... If you can't stay after or uh, if you're online and you want to do this, um, I, my phone number is in the directory and my email address is on the website. So get a hold of me there. And I'll go into, like I said, I'll go into more detail 
in the class in classroom three after the service. Thank you, Connie. Thank you. Woohoo! Don't forget today's offering. We have a small table set up at the back of the sanctuary for your offering or donate on our church website or Facebook page. And I saw some new faces this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope you are blessed by our service. And the children have a video. Pardon me. Jim's just trying to add stuff. Okay, we're also going to do, there's a video we promised. Um, Jim put together this really cool video of the youth experience when they went um, a couple weeks ago to the track. So we're going to watch that, and then i got one more thing to say after that. Thank you, Jonathan. Now we have Marvin Gray from Road Race Ministries to deliver us our invocation. Let us pray. Uh, bow our heads, please. Good, good Father, we thank you for the opportunity to race here in the beauty of your creation. We thank you for each and everyone who's part of putting on the event today, the drivers, the crew, the officials, the workers, the track people, and we thank you for our fans are here. We pray you bless and protect each and every one. Be with our troops and safety forces as they protect us. And again, we thank you to be here, and we pray that you would continue to bring peace to our land as we celebrate our nation's birthday coming up here. We thank you that we can live in a land of freedom. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Welcome back to the three-dimensional services group classic here at Mid-Ohio. Look at this. I've got some well-dressed people here representing three-dimensional services group, but really representing Vineyard Community Church Youth Group in Wycliffe, Ohio. Is that correct? Yes, they said. So I'm going to give it over to you now. Listen, you've got to be super loud because these cars are loud. They're a little bit far away. But you guys are going to deliver the most famous words in motorsports loudly, so take it away, please. <laughs> Wally, you've been around motor racing most of your life. That's, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's how you do it right there. Well done. So thank you to Marvin and Janice for taking the youth there. They all said they had an awesome time. And I know they're looking to go back. Although they had the, like, awesome experience, they were pampered like crazy. Marvin said, don't expect that every time. So, um, And just one more thing. We had our rib dinner yesterday. Um, because of the weather, it, it, we didn't have as many people there as we had hoped, but we did, we did really well. We grossed over $2,000, which was really good. 
Um, we ended up with a lot more volunteers than originally signed up, so another, like, yay God for that. But we do have ribs still. We have ribs that just need to be finished um, with your sauces, and we are selling them just for donation. So we've packaged them up in half slabs, so if you want any of those, you can see one of us at the back registration table, and we'll get that for you. Thanks. Well, good morning. What a cool experience for the kids. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's amazing and an amazing opportunity for them. Um, I was, uh, Lori and I were not here last week. We were at Lakeside, Ohio, which is up near Marblehead, Sandusky, that area. Uh, I was uh, playing a concert with the brass band of the Western Reserve, and it went very well, and uh, we were glad to be there, but uh, glad to be back here today, uh, for sure. So, um, <clears throat> I want to say also, uh, Zell worked. I, 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 uh, I didn't know I already had it on my, uh, on, on my bank app. And I tried to sign up for it when I saw the thing in the bulletin, and it said, well, you've already got it on, on, your, on your bank app. So I tried it, and it worked, and uh, zero cost, because I'd been using PayPal, where we had a little cost each week that was uh, taken out. So that's a good thing, and I encourage you to, to use it, and to use it for the church, uh, and, and to, to give to the church through that, if that's something you want to do. Uh, let's pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, we are so grateful that when we think about the questions of who are we and why are we here and, and all of that, that uh, you do not withhold answers for us, but you tell us who we are. We are children of God. We are here to worship and to serve you and to serve others, and uh, you have uh, a place in your church for every, every person on earth, and you, you've called each one of us. And we thank you for that, for the opportunity to love you and to serve you uh, through ministry and through the church. And today, as we think about that, and as we think about this remarkable uh, message of Jesus this morning in Luke chapter 4, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, speak through my words, and that we might all come to a better understanding of uh, where we are in the kingdom of God. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so we're going to read the scripture this morning. Um, and the scripture printed in your bulletin is Luke 4, verses 14 through 19. I'm actually going to read through verse 30. Uh, so you can follow along in the bulletin uh, up to verse 19. And then you'll have to listen or read on the screen after that. All right. The, the section is called Jesus Rejected at Nazareth. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners 
and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Is this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said, said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there, there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. Now, interesting, in verse 23 it says, All spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. In five verses later, verse 28, All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. And may the Lord bless the reading of his, herd, uh, of his word in our hearing today. Luke is one of my four favorite gospels. Uh, it's a, it's a great it's a great great book. This uh, I, I I can't imagine anyone reading reading the Bible and saying this is boring, or what's this what's the use of this? Uh, but I want to give you just a little bit of a background leading up to our scripture today. There's a lot of firsts uh, listed in in all of the Gospels, but in Luke. Um, the background leading up to this event that, that we read about today is this. In the first two chapters of Luke, we read about the birth narratives, plural, because it tells about the, the birth of John the Baptist um, and the birth of Jesus. Uh, we think that they were cousins, um, both highly important in the, in the kingdom of, of God. At the end of chapter 2, we see the only, the, the, the only reference we have to Jesus as a child, and that is that at the age of 12, he and his family went to the temple in Jerusalem, and uh, he didn't come back with them. Uh, and, and we know that he was in the temple, and he was talking with the with the religious leaders, and, and they were amazed at, his, at, at the questions that he asked and the answers that he had and all of that. And he was re reunited with his family after a couple of days. In Luke chapter 3, we read about John's ministry and his preparing the way um, for the Messiah which ultimately leads to Jesus' baptism, which we read about in John chapter th or in, in Luke chapter three. And then, and we're almost to the scripture that we, we started with today, in Luke chapter four, in the first thirteen verses, we read about Jesus being in the wilderness. And he was there for how many days? Forty days. And uh he did not eat for 40 days. It's called the Jesus diet. 
Um, no. Uh, he was communing with God. He was preparing for his public ministry. He was in prayer and conversation and, and close communion with, with, with his Father and with the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of all of that, he was tested by Satan. And three times Satan tests him and says, you know, I'll give you everything that's here if you'll just bow down and worship me. And, and, and three, three different temptations. And each one Jesus answers with a scripture and finally tells Satan to get lost, uh, which he does for a while. And that leads us to Luke chapter 14, or Luke chapter 4, verses 14 uh, through 30, which is really a story in three parts. And so we're going to think about this, this story. Uh, and when I say story, I don't mean like a made-up fable. Rather, it's the events are, can be divided into three parts. And so the, the beginning of this story, this, this list of events, is at the synagogue. Jesus uh, gets to the synagogue, as was his custom, and... Uh, He went to the synagogue where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it to the, back to the attendant, and sat down. Now, I'm, I'm told that, that there was, uh, the custom was that the, the rabbis would sit down while they were teaching, and everyone else stood up. So that's something we could try here. Uh, <clears throat> you have to stand up during the whole sermon. Um, no, no, we're not going to do that, at least, at least not today. Um, but at the end of the, after reading these verses from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, the text of the sermon for that day, and, you know, Jim, maybe you and me and Brent and anyone else who preaches, we can learn from that sermon because his sermon was really one sentence long. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That was it. He read the scripture. He said, it's fulfilled in your hearing. And, but the implication is, it was filled, fulfilled in, in their hearing because he was here. He was, or he was there. He was the fulfillment of the scripture. He said, in effect, my life is the sermon. And that's all you need to know. Look at how I live my life. Look at what I'm going to do throughout my ministry. Look and learn and listen. And really that's all you need to know. So that's the first part of the story. The story in three parts. At the synagogue, the sermon today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And in effect, Jesus says, my life is the sermon. That's all you need to know. The second part of the sermon is this. It's the people's first response. And they liked it. Um, how many of you have ever grumbled about a sermon? <coughs> Most of us have. By the way, Jim, I listened to your sermon last week. No grumbling. It was a great sermon. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry I missed it. Uh, but I was glad it was, it was, it was online, and uh, it was very good. But the people liked it. And, and you know, I, I've been a, I was a pastor for a, a lot of years, 30, 34 years. And uh, 
Sometimes people would walk out of the church and they'd, they'd you know, come up, good, good sermon, Pastor. And I'm thinking, well, that's not the response I was looking for. What I was looking for was that made me think or that made me uneasy. Um, because if all they do is say, that's a good sermon, and this is not what I was doing for you, Jim. <laughs> if all they say is that's a good sermon, it may be they, di- they really didn't hear what was being said. But all spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. And why did they like it? I think they liked it because they heard what Jesus said. And in effect, they said, if Jesus has come to save anybody, he's come to save us. Because who deserves it the most? Well, we do, of course. We deserve it. We're good people. We're living in dire circumstances. You know, our, our land has been invaded by the Romans. Um, life is tough. We deserve to be saved. And Jesus is talking about that. We're good people living in dire circumstances. And so, what a wonderful thing that Jesus has come and proclaimed that this is all going to be fulfilled. The things that we've been thinking about and praying about and and looking forward to, it's all going to come about. And that's the end of section two. Section one was the shortest sermon ever preached, perhaps. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Scripture two says, or the, the second part is, people say, they, good sermon, preacher. We liked it. Because it's all about you helping us. And that's wonderful. And then there's the third part, which starts in verse 14 and and continues, of course. Because really, Jesus begins to explain his message. And he goes back to the Old Testament, which, of course, was their Bible. That's all they had. They didn't have the New Testament yet. He goes back to the Old Testament and he talks about two people in the Old Testament uh, related to two, two different prophets, the widow of Zarephath, who is related uh, in, the, in the scriptures, not related by, by a uh, family relationship, but uh, we see in connection with the prophet Elijah, the widow of Zarephath. And uh, there had been a terrible... F- famine in the land and the widow of Zarephath was about to take the very last bit of food that she had and prepare a meal for her and her son and then they were going to die. And Elijah came and gave them a word from God and said, the provisions that you have will not run out until the famine is over. That little bit of food that you've got is going to be enough because it's going to be replenished as you use it. Sounds a lot like manna, doesn't it? But the point that Jesus is making here is that he said, you know, there were a lot of widows in in Israel. But this message of good news came to someone who was outside the chosen people. It came to the widow of Zarephath, a Gentile. And good news also came to Naaman the Syrian who had leprosy. And Naaman was outside the family of Israel also. He was a Syrian. And it's interesting to note also that the widow of Zarephath was 
poor didn't have two pennies to rub together. And Naaman the Syrian was rich and powerful. But they both stood as spiritual outcasts. And they both stood in dire need of God's help. And Jesus lifts up these two people. In, in one way, they were as different as night and day from each other, but in, in another way, they were both spiritual outcasts. They were both outside the, what the Israelites would have called the family of God. And they both stood in need. They were spiritual outcasts, and there was nothing that they could do to help themselves. They were spiritual outcasts. Uh, some would say they were, uh, I think Jesus would say that they were spiritually poor. And Jesus goes, has just said, in effect, the gospel is only for those who are spiritually poor. Good news for the poor, the prisoners, the blind, and the oppressed. And I think you can make the case to say that the spiritually poor are those who look at themselves and know that they cannot save themselves no matter how hard they try. Someone once said that if you want to get closer to God, all you need is need is to admit that you have a need, that you cannot fill yourself. Spiritually poor are those who look at themselves and know that they cannot save themselves no matter how hard they try. I think you can make the case that Jesus came not just to save the spiritually poor. I think Jesus came only to save the spiritually poor. Because until we come to the point where we say, I cannot save myself. With all my resources, with all my training, with all my learning, with all my expertise, with all my skills and gifts and graces and all those things, I still, no matter how, who I am or how good I am or how bad I am, I cannot save myself and enter into the kingdom of heaven through what I do. And then you become the spiritually poor. And then you're in a position where Jesus can save you. Because as long as you're relying on something else, uh, then you're not relying on God. I come only for the spiritually poor. And at that, the people's response changed, didn't it? Verse 23, what a nice young man we raised in our city. Look at how he turned out. Look, look at the good news that he's, he's telling us about. Isn't, he, isn't that wonderful? Five verses later, they take him to the, to the hill outside the city and they want to cast him off the cliff. They want to kill him. And that's a theme that we'll see throughout the life of Jesus. People wanting to kill him, and of course eventually it happens, but that's not the end of the story. So, ultimately, this is good news for you and me. Because I have talked to people, and maybe you've had the thought, maybe I've had the thought, well, I've screwed up so badly that I'm beyond help. God, even God can't get me out of this. Or I don't deserve 
to be gotten out of this because I messed up so badly. Or no one else loves me. How could God ever love me again? But Jesus says, as he read through the scripture, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And I think we can say, including the spiritually poor or especially the spiritually poor, he has proclaimed good news to the poor, freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are or where you've been or at what station you find yourself in in this life, Jesus loves you and he came to save you. So, I've always, con- all but one sermon I've preached here, I, uh, I, I end up with the question, yeah, but so what? Uh, and that one sermon was the uh, first one I preached after my stroke, and I just forgot. <laughs> my mind was still a, 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 a mix of things that weren't right, were working right. But, so let's ask the question. Yeah, but so what? Well, the title of this sermon, which was given to me, it wasn't my choosing of, of, the, of the title, but the, the title was Human Flourishing. And if you see a, a title like Human Flourishing, you think, well, that's good. That means that humans can flourish. And I think the title should be Human Flourishing with God's Help. Because ultimately, if everyone is spiritually poor, the only way that we can flourish is through the help and the love and the blessing of God. Jesus says that only the spiritual poor can flourish. So I want to tell you a story. This is a true story, but it's not one that I witnessed myself. Um, but it's a story from uh, Pastor Tom Long, and uh, I don't even know where, where he was a pastor. Um, but he was invited to preach at a special family worship service at a neighboring town, in a neighboring town. And the, the, this family worship service was going to be held in the fellowship hall rather than in the sanctuary. And it was a great idea. The great idea was all the families in the church, and it was a good-sized church, and there was going to be a lot of people there, a lot of multi-generational families, old people, young people, little kids, all, all were going to be there. Each family would sit at a table, uh, and at the table there were the ingredients to make a, a mini loaf of bread. They weren't already made. The ingredients were there. Each family would, would, would make a loaf of bread, and while they were, they were being baked, Tom would preach. And the smell of bread would waft through the, through the hall, and it would just be a wonderful time. And when all the baking was done, they would have a celebration of Holy Communion. Uh, breaking the bread... At each, at, the, at each table, and it was a great idea. I've, had, I've actually done family communion like, like that, except the bread was already done ahead of time. And that's where it got a little strange, Tom said. He said, clouds of flour filled the air. Soggy balls of dough bounced off clothing, including Tom's beautiful black suit. Spouses were sniping at each other. Nerves were frayed. The ovens weren't working right, and it took forever to bake the bread. 
Children whimpered and babies screamed and cried. You get the picture? Doesn't it sound like fun? Families were on the verge of falling apart. Finally and mercifully, he says, the service was finished and Tom held out his flower-crusted hands and as the custom was in that church, he said, the peace of God be with you. And almost immediately from the back of the room, a child's voice said, it already is. We come to worship each week from the broken mess that is our life in fallen creation. We believe in the kingdom of God and we believe that it has come in Christ. But we know there's much that still remains broken in our life. But we hold on to the kingdom of vision and the peace that it gives us. And amidst the broken world that we all live in, Jesus came to proclaim God's peace for all. And that's good news for us. We can flourish if we come to the point of admitting our spiritual need and our spiritual bankruptcy, if you will, being spiritually poor, admitting that we can't save ourselves and letting Jesus do the hard part and saving us and creating creating us anew. Amidst the broken world that we live in, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to release the prisoners, to let the blind see again. And whatever it is that's the biggest problem in your life, Jesus came to help with that as well. We have to admit the need. All you need is need. To admit the need, because when we come to the point where we say, I can't do it by myself, that's where Jesus enters in and says, finally, I was waiting for you to say that. Now, let's get, let's get to work on this. And that's good news. That's good news. We can all flourish if we let Jesus be in control of our lives. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you that in the mess that we've made of our lives, and all of us have made a mess at one time or another, when we've done things that we can't fix ourselves, when we come to the point where we recognize that the goal of life is to be in communion with God in this life and for all of eternity, and then we say, but there's no way that I can reach that goal because I don't have the resources, I'm not good enough, I've made a mess. Jesus, will you help? And his answer is always yes. There is no mess bigger than what Jesus can help you with. So Lord, today we ask that you would enter into our hearts and our minds and our lives. That you would help us to Acknowledge our poverty of resources apart from you. No matter what our bank account is, no matter what resources we've accumulated in this life, they're not enough to get us into heaven except when we ask you to help. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bless us Help us to flourish. Help us to 
to trust you and to acknowledge you as our Savior and to let you come in and take control of our lives. I pray that for us individually. I pray that for our church. I pray that for the world in which we live. Lord Jesus, come. May all the things that you said be fulfilled in our hearing today. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. The service is over. We do have uh, time for prayer here. As much time as you want or need. Uh, we have time for prayer here at the, at the front of the church. If you want to pray with someone in, in your seat, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, but may God bless you and hold you in the palm of his hand and love you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.